0: Uh, we give people with life-challenging illnesses a front row experience, In the front row of their favorite theater, concert, sporting event. We bring their family and we, we create this experience so that for that day, they're
1: living their dream, not their illness. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and I am elated about today's guest. He is awesome, and you guys are going to love him for sure. Kerry Smolensky, author of Living Life with Passion and Helping Others, is a dynamic businessman, event producer, multifaceted entertainer, and entrepreneur who was born in Chicago, Illinois. Carey began his family of companies four decades ago while in high school and is constantly challenging himself to make a difference in the lives of others. He believes that change is the key to innovation and is constantly evolving personally and professionally to continually live his life with passion. Carey's next endeavor is the Passion Summit, which takes place May 7th and 8th, 2018 in Chicago, Illinois. This is the next logical step in sharing the ability of living life passionately while helping others. Carrie's goal of creating a passion community is just the beginning of being able to support each other while thriving personally and helping others achieve their dreams. Carrie, I am so excited to talk to you. Welcome to the show today. Thank you very much. Pleasure to be on your show. So I wanted to take a step back. And, and as I read your bio, you, I, one of the things that stood out to me was that you began building your companies in high school. Talk to us a little bit about that. Well,
0: in high school, I started uh, DJing because we had a uh, radio station in high, in my high school and uh, really got involved in that. I had a music staff. I was also involved in uh, wrestling and swimming. So those were my three entities. and what Ended up evolving from that is aside from my love of being on the mic and working with people in that that field um, was was really starting a business that I was DJing to make extra money through high school through college um, and and you know what started as something that was strictly a passion and for fun turned into something that could be a
1: viable income. So what? As then you went on, you know, one of the things we we spoke about or that I spoke about rather that was so heavily emphasized throughout your background is making a difference in the lives of others. Is that something you just woke up one day and had or is that something that was just always there as a young kid and that you got fostered as you got older? You know, I, I do have to
0: credit my parents for bringing me up the way they did. And I think a lot of that has to do with uh, my upbringing Really, just caring about other people, and and I, I don't know. You could be brought up. You could have siblings, and one could be one way, one could be another. So I'm not saying that's the end all, but that was almost an impetus for it. And when uh, you know, years later, when my wife and I had taken our two small children at the time to a Bulls game in Chicago, we were coming back, and we decided to drive through Lower Wacker Drive, which is an area. Under the city, where a lot of Chicago's homeless were living and sleeping in boxes and tents, and we drove through after having been at this arena and you know having seen all these people and uh, the basketball game, and, and, and showed our kids, you know, this is where people who are not as fortunate as as us are living. And from that moment, they asked, "What can we do to help them?" And what started with getting some friends together and making sandwiches and getting clothing together, you know, and, and caravanning down and, 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 we wanted to make a difference. So we actually went out and gave we found people and we gave them food and we gave them hugs and we gave them clothing. And, um, our, our kids really learned by example. And it's something that's really been a part of our lives this whole time. And, um, uh, you know, a number of years ago, uh, I decided, this should be one of our projects within my family of companies, and um, that's how a warmer winter evolved. And um, you know that that's something that we do every every December. And you know, currently, we're um, you know we're, we're constantly expanding that. And uh, you know it's 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 an exciting place to be because by, by making a difference in one person's life, you don't know the ripples that carries forth into everyone they meet or any other people in this uh you know in uh, 2017 um, in december we fed over uh 200 people we had the largest number of people that uh, were helping and uh you know the friday night before we have everyone get together and make the food uh, create the sandwiches sort the clothing decorate the bags and on saturday we caravan into the city and, and find the homeless so that that's I've always been involved in, in helping other people, but that's something that's really close to,
1: uh, to home. What's really great about that share, Carrie, is that it was something that fit within your philosophy, if you will, but really it happened just because of an experience. You, know, you were coming home from a Bulls game and you drove through a part of town and you said, well, you know, what can we do to help? And out of that, you created a foundation which is growing every year, I, I think. And you involved your kids in it, which is also really awesome.
0: Well, and it, it, it's really something that I think a lot of people that might not think they can make a difference or might not think they have time, they may not realize that every little bit helps. And by giving, you get so much back in return. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd even urge your, uh, your listeners to check out a video we have on our, on our site. It's, it's called A Warmer Winter. So awarmerwinter.com. It's also the, space, the Facebook community. And, and we have videos of what we've done. And it's a documentary style and, and just showing, uh, showing the impact. So I, I think everyone can make a difference. And I think if everyone opens themselves up to doing it in a way that resonates with them, I think the uh, people around them will be involved. I I think that they'll lead a more fulfilling life. I think that uh, they'll have a greater appreciation for why
1: we're here on this planet. There's actually a good amount of of data uh, and and science behind what you're talking about, Carrie, that we, we know empirically that those that help others, those that give, do have better emotional outcomes, better. Day to day experiences because they feel they feel so fulfilled in, in what they're doing. But something that struck me as kind of interesting, and, and I wanted to expand on that and get your take on it. So you you've been very clear about why giving back is important, and, and again, everything you said is, is very much on the money. But one of the things that's I know is also very important to you is passion, and those are different things. So talk to us about why passion is so important to you.
0: Well, passion me, is the drive of why you do what you do. Now, you could be passionate about brain surgery, but have no training. So I wouldn't suggest jumping into brain <laughs> surgery. Passionate about it. But it really goes hand in hand with knowledge, with experience. And a lot of times, people don't realize, really, their, their talents. I, I, there's so many people that have amazing talents, and they're always the go-to person Their circle of friends that everyone asks them for advice on this, or everyone goes to them because they know all about something else. And because they're so close to that topic or subject or concept, they don't see it as a skill, they don't see it as something that other people would want to learn from them. They just do it because they know the answers and, and and they help other people that way. But if that's something that they're passionate about, just like I was passionate about music and DJing, it wasn't work to me. And only after I uh, ended up graduating and receiving my Bachelor of Science in Biology and uh, and realizing, you know, I, I really want to go into my business full time and I'll never use my degree again. Uh, I didn't realize until then that it could be a lifelong business. It could be a lifelong passion. And what started in the dj realm and that's still a huge part of what our business does Um, but we've expanded into producing global conferences we have a antique speakers bureau um the experts bureau i mean there's so many different elements that we do that we've turned into a one-stop source for a corporate client for a social client and um again I, i love every aspect of what we're doing because it's always evolving it's always engaging it's always challenging And I'm passionate about moving forward and evolving. And, you know, even though some of the things we're doing now in concept are similar to what we started with, I think we're the best now that we've ever been. And, you know, what started as DJing on a high school radio station or bringing equipment to parties, you know, over the years has evolved into having DJs, MCs, dancers, beatboxers, rappers, performers, national talent, search performers, you know, all all kinds of unique things. And then when I jump into the corporate realm, which I've been doing now for over 30 years. You know, we're bringing elements of the entertainment into the corporate realm and, and designing it in a way where it's not only congruent with our client's culture, but it's supporting the culture and it's increasing ROI. It's increasing the, Level of participation, and it's also formed a niche in our ideal corporate client, which is the motivational speaking arena, which is the multi-level marketing companies, which is anyone that needs to motivate other people on their team. Whether we're talking about forty people in a room or thousands, it, it doesn't matter. It's it's the concept, and I'm really grateful to. Have acknowledged that at such an early time in my life to be able to use that, and it's it's exciting because we're bringing things that uh, a client would normally have to bring in, you know, four or five other companies to do what we're doing. So uh, there, there's a lot of level, a lot of layers and levels of, of what we bring to the table there, and, and really that's the space I want to be with. And I, you know, jumping on that whole concept of being passionate about a year and a half, now about over two years ago, roughly, I. I came up with a decision that I really wanted to only work with the clients who appreciate what we do. And and that may seem a little um, strange because a lot of people might think, well, you're going to turn away clients. Uh, not only have we turned away clients, but we've actually fired clients uh, that were not congruent with our direction. And you know, anyone can come in and bring in equipment. Anyone can come in and just play music. But what we do is create an experience and impact people's lives. And that's really, um, I, I'm looking for the client that appreciates that. And, and, you know, we're on the same level where we can move forward. And, and that's been the, the key, our continued growth and success and evolution. And that's what keeps me excited about, Everything that I'm doing, and after I wrote the book, um, that's brought me into the motivational speaking realm. It's brought me into just doing that on a more personal basis and sharing the message that when I wrote the book, I originally thought, "You well, know, this is what I want to do. I want to share the message with the world." And then that's evolved in now I am going to share this message in the world. And you know, we have an annual passion summit um, and you know, all kinds of unique things that are really, uh, really exciting.
1: I definitely want to spend some time sharing your book with everybody. But there's something you said that was really interesting to me because a lot of times you hear in business, you know, that 80-20 rule, right? And you can apply it to all these different areas of your business. And that 80% of your, you know, revenue comes from 20% of your clients. And there are many, many types of examples where you know they say, get rid of the dead weight, but they talk about getting rid of the dead weight oftentimes in terms of revenue. I've never heard anybody specifically say, we want to get rid of clients that don't appreciate us. And I think that's amazing. And I want, I know you said that you've experienced growth, but I want to ask you if you could be as specific as possible from the time you made that decision. uh, Talk to us in, in specifics, if you can, about how your business is different And not only in terms of growth and revenue, but in terms of what it's like within your organization itself, since you guys made that shift to only want to work with those who are appreciative of your efforts.
0: Well, the culture has improved. The level of people that I've been able to bring on to the team have been elevated. It's really about looking at life and and what we do with our time. Because life is way too short, and if you don't love what you're doing, and if you don't enjoy doing it with the people you're doing it with, what, what's really the point? And I, I can tell you that a lot of the things that you do when you start a company, a lot of things you continue to do out of habit, and this is, you know, I've been in business 40 years now, um, that we still were doing was taking on business because you know what business is business. I have people that you know I'm responsible for their livelihood. There's people that that need to work and you know business is business. We'll take on what we can and that doesn't mean we're happy about it. But there comes a point where when you realize, you know, that extra business that you're taking on, a lot of times that's the client who's pretty much they're not invested in you. They're not they're not there other than using you as a supplier, or vendor, and if they find someone that's a little bit cheaper, and um, you know they may they may decide to just jump ship and, and use that because your goals are not aligned and there's not a bonding, there's no team, and it, it's really uh, it becomes a waste of time in the grand scheme of things because you invest all this time the client that you think is there for you and and you're there for them and then all of a sudden they're no longer there and you know it's interesting there's been a few times where that's happened and clients have come back and and they ask you know what we really made a mistake we want, we want to work with you again and and of course you never you never burn bridges and close doors but it takes sometimes losing a client for them to realize your value and when they come back that relationship is that much stronger
1: Something that I've been thinking about as you've been sharing this is, you know, this mindset can also apply to our personal relationships and probably should. And it should work both ways. We should appreciate our our friendships and significant people in our life as much as they should appreciate us.
0: I think moving forward in what your goals are, in what kind of a life you want to lead, you need to be conscious about the people in your inner circle. and. You know some a lot a lot of people say that you are the average of the five to seven people you hang out with the most and i I agree with that to some extent, but there's also elements where you know you have certain relationships that are very unique so I'm not saying you know go out there and get rid of people and find better people, but I am saying is get rid of the negative people, get rid of the negativity in your life because. In order to move forward and in order to be successful, obviously there's a certain amount of passion that you have about whatever you do. And if you're hanging with people that are always knocking down what you're excited about, they're not supporting you. And that's not the influence you need in your life. And a lot of times people want you to stay where you are because that's where they are and they don't want to see you move on and It's a selfish thing on their end. But you have to realize that everyone has their own agendas. And uh, although people may be amazing people, if if they are undermining your goal, if they're undermining what you want to do in life, then that's really not the fit.
1: Hey, guys, Dr. Richard here. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. Carrie, I want to jump back, and you you teased it a little bit. Let's spend some time talking about your book, Living Life with Passion and Helping Others. So when did you write that book? Well, I wrote
0: it... It's interesting, and I start my book explaining that. It took me a year to write it, and I, uh, I, I wrote it between 2014 and 2015. And uh, there's a conference that I produce and also am very close and involved in the production um, called Best Year Ever Blueprints. And it was in San Diego and um, put on by two very good friends of mine, John Burgoff and Hal Elrod. And at the end of that event, it really was almost as if a light bulb went off because I've always been doing a lot of things that I've been passionate about, and I've been doing you know everything from extreme sports and and, and, and always wanted to push my my limits physically, emotionally, and challenge myself in a lot of different ways. And, and I was doing a lot of things, and. What I realized was, what, what is my ultimate goal? What, what do I want to do with this life? And other than enjoying the work I'm doing, other than having a great relationship and family, you know, all, everything that's, that, that's going on, it made me realize that I have so many experiences and I've amassed this collection of knowledge and, and people that I know that are making amazing changes in this world and impacting others. And I'm involved in charities and you know, Front Row Foundation is is one of the, ch- one of the uh, uh, charities I've been involved with since its inception over 13 years ago. Uh, we give people with life-challenging illnesses a front row experience in the front row of their favorite theater, concert, sporting event. We bring their family and we, we create this experience so that for that day, they're living their dream, not their illness. And the family as videos and pictures to cherish and memories to cherish. And unfortunately half of these people end up passing away shortly after their experience. But it it does change their lives for for that moment. Um, and I've also been fortunate to take three separate people on their own experiences for front row. So you know doing all these things that all came together and I I got on the flights in San Diego to go back to Chicago and I just started writing. And literally nonstop till I landed. And that started a year long journey that literally ended the next year coming back from that same event on the flight back to Chicago. And um, it, it made me realize that what I have been doing is of no use to anyone else unless it's shared. And just like I still have my beer can collection from high school, it's all packed up in boxes. I've got a coin collection packed up in a safe. I've got all these collections. And and what are they doing? They're not accomplishing anything. This and the book was the vehicle that I wanted to put out there to share my journey, to share experiences, and to inspire other people to look at life in a in a different lens, to make ripples that go further beyond their immediate circle. And that's exactly uh, that's exactly what I what I did, and that was you know that you know, obviously you think of a goal, and unless it's a huge goal bigger than anything you could think of, you're going to achieve it, and then and now what? And uh, part of that journey, I also realized that I enjoyed doing many many things. So I know there's the understanding that you should do one thing and focus on one thing. But to me, after I put in my 10,000 hours and after I've become very good or expert or proficient at that one thing, what stops me from moving on to another thing? And that's really what I've been doing. And, and as long as I'm focusing on one thing at a time, I can do it to the best of my ability. And by human nature, we're not Programmed and wired to multitask. Uh, Multitasking is actually a misnomer because it's a very inefficient way of doing things. However, I had for a long time pride of myself in myself in being a, a decent multitasker, which, which isn't saying anything. It just made me feel that I was accomplishing a lot of things. But what I learned from writing the book, whenever I was working in the book, I would isolate myself and be completely immersed in what I was doing. And only by doing things like that, by focusing on one thing at a time while I'm doing it and not multitasking, could I be as successful as I was and accomplish as much as I did. Because that year, not only did I write the book, but I accomplished so many things in my business, in in, in my being being a recording artist and, and, and writing and producing songs and doing all these other passions that I had. But I was able to delegate my time appropriately and focus on an agenda schedule, and um, you know now it, it's moving to the next level with the Passion Summit, and, and and that's a experience of the book. It's the next step from that.
1: So that is really an awesome story, and I love that you just said the light bulb went off and you realized that you had to share. And I think there's so many of us that have these great ideas, but your, your coin collection, beer can collection analogy is, is fantastic. If they're just sitting locked up in you. The world doesn't get to see those, those passions. So take us through you know, a high level overview about uh, the book itself and, and what people will get from it.
0: I think that everyone is going to get a light bulb coming off in their head somewhere in the book could be many times, you know, it it depends on each person. And I, I touch on a lot of things from life lessons and what I call old school rules, which somehow every generation keeps getting watered down. And whether that's respect, whether that's chivalry, whether it's treating women the way that they should be treated, whether it's treating other people the way that they want to be treated, not just the way you want to be treated, but understanding their needs. And I, I think that they're gonna get out of it not only a refreshing understanding of how to live a full, passionate, complete life. Um, but if they don't know what their passions are, they learn and get tools to find their passions. They're gonna be Finding out how to create a dream that's big enough to be a goal, and and along the way that there will be failures. Uh, that failure is not a bad thing. You know, anyone successful, it keeps failing, and and that's what makes them successful. So I I, I think there's there's a lot of things that I, I touch on, along with my complete disdain for uh, mortality. I've chair I have a, a chapter that that's entitled "Mortality Sucks" and. You know, the, the concept of that is I've met people that, you know, would say to me, yeah, you know, and when, when I reach my 60s or 70s, I'll, I'll have a full life and, uh, you know, I'll start taking it easy. And I think to myself, you know, that's fine for some people. But for me, I could never get enough of evolving and, and learning and contributing. And, you know, if I live over 100, it, it still wouldn't be enough. That there's so many things I would want to do that even one lifetime isn't enough. So it's more or less sharing a glimpse of my perspective at the same time, trying to add value to other people. I talk about helping others and the benefits and the significance and you know how it not only changes the lives of the recipients, but your own life as well. And um, I also talk about something that anyone can use in their daily life. Um uh, things like the five minute rule, which which basically is a mind shift. and we all have times that we can recollect and times that may have happened as early as this morning, yesterday or whatever, that um, we get cut off by another driver. We you know get yelled at because someone thought we did something or something happens in our day that, we didn't necessarily welcome, but it happened. And, you know, it's how we react to those situations. If someone cuts you off, do you, you know, tail them for the next three miles, you know, a couple of feet behind their car? Do you drive by and give them the finger? Do you, you know, what, How do you react to these things? And in this day and age, and I say this day and age because 15, 20 years ago, it was a totally different day and age. Um, and when I was growing up, you know, you heard about gangs, and uh, you know they would they, they, they would fight. They they would you know right right now everyone has guns, everyone has a, you know, it, you know our, artillery that the police have to keep stepping up their game. And there's no respect for human life. So it is a different day and age now from how it was a long time ago. But whatever happens in our life, if we get into a uh, accident on the way to an important meeting, there's a number of ways we can deal with that. We can let that affect us, which it obviously will. No one's going to be happy about it. But we can let it affect us to a point where we can't even make the correct cognitive decision of how to handle the situation or how to get to that meeting or how to deal with it. A lot of times we're just so caught up in that emotion that the cognitive side is, is pushed back. And what the five minute rule Basically, is is whenever something happens, and it could be a tragedy where even as extreme as a loved one is injured or, or God forbid, killed, but you are put in a situation of having to make quick, clear-minded decisions. You're not going to be able to do that if you're still in an emotional state thinking about what happened. And my whole point about that is, what happened is exactly that it happened. It's in the past you cannot change it. So as terrible as it might be, you're still going to have to live with the fact that it happened and there's nothing you or anyone else can do that's going to make that change. So in order to make the proper cognitive decision, in order to move forward, in order to deal with whatever you have at the moment, you're going to have to put that aside. And that means it's taking five minutes and processing it and then realizing there's nothing more that you can do about that situation, then you need to clear your head and move forward so that you can get to the right outcome of whatever that situation is. But it's not going to happen properly if you're still dwelling and and in that emotional state of what happened. And, and and that's a natural response for all of us. And and I'm not saying it's easy, but it does take practice. But once you do it, you you, you live a life yeah, almost as and I, I'll reference one of my favorite movies, um, Matrix, the original one, you almost live a life where you're completely aware of everything. And no matter what happens to you, no matter what people throw at you, no matter what a competitor throws at you, no matter what obstacles come in your way, you're going to find a way to move forward.